Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Good morning. This morning's scripture is Acts 2, 14-21 and 41-42. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your youth will see visions, and your elderly will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 2020 has brought so much loss for so many of us. Obviously, the, the biggest being loss of life. But there's also been loss of livelihood. Uh, Right behind me is the place where I used to take my dry cleaning to get done here on Finn Hill, run by an older couple, and one day it was just gone. I hope they're doing all right. And even when we are in much, much prettier places, here at Denny Park near Sunset, one of my favorite places in my neighborhood, we're all too aware of the deep divisions around us. To use terms that can apply to many times and places, we have nationalists who want self-sufficiency and making the country great, and we have globalists who see interchange of people and ideas as pretty much an intrinsic good. We have people who are deeply invested in changing the status quo and people who are deeply invested in preserving the status quo And those people change depending on what issue you're talking about at the moment. And it 
can certainly feel like the tensions and divisions go just as deep among people who otherwise think of themselves as part of the family of God, think of themselves as God's people. There are traditionalists versus progressives versus people who want to affirm all of the supernatural as it's described in the Bible and those who would hold back, those who are committed to a certain form of government and those who see themselves as apolitical and all the different theological difficulties we get ourselves into on any number of secondary matters. Mind you, I could be speaking about this place just as much as our own time, first century Palestine. Recognizing that in Jesus' own day, the divisions ran deep. In his group of disciples, he had a zealot, a militia member, and in his group, he had a tax collector, someone who was the deepest of deep state, if you will. And that should encourage us that in every time and place, regardless of how deep the divisions run, God is at work to remake a people for himself, to reweave the social fabric as he calls people to himself. And anytime, anytime any individual person or any family or any congregation together begins to say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Make me part of your people. That, that making whole and that reconnection begins to happen, that reweaving of the social fabric. We, we see that. And it's ordinarily in quiet ways. It's ordinarily in ways that don't attract a whole lot of attention outside the church. Sometimes it's so quiet, we barely notice it inside the church, let's be honest. But there are times and seasons where that process of renewal becomes so dramatic and so public that certainly in the church we see it and feel it dramatically, and even outside we can't help but notice. And it is those times, those seasons, that we call revival. And of course, here's one of the realities of where we are in this time, this place in human history. Uh, for most of us who are part of this gathering, uh, we have not experienced a full-blown revival that touches the entire region or entire country, with the exception, perhaps, of the Jesus People movement in the 1970s. We see what this looks like in the book of Acts the first time where the Holy Spirit comes in full on a group of people, and not a large group of people, by the way. There are about 120 folks in the upper room there in Acts 1 and Acts 2. Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive this promise of the Holy Spirit come on them in full. And so they do. After Jesus resurrects and then 40 days later ascends, they continue to wait in Jerusalem, praying together in that upper room for 10 more days until the morning that the Holy Spirit comes in full, in power, on the entire group. Not like in the Old Testament where a particular person, a prophet, will receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit for prophecy and speaking. Not like in the Old Testament where occasionally there are healings by a particular prophet. 
But this fulfills, as Peter tells us, the prophecy given by the prophet Joel, that it's not just going to be particular people here and there, but the Holy Spirit will come in full on slave and free, men and women, old and young, even among the slaves and the servants, both men and women will receive the gift of the third person of the Trinity, God himself, to give them power and life and joy in a way that the world cannot ignore. Again, because of who I am and what I am, I'm an American in my 40s, I have not experienced a full revival, but I have experienced this in a small scale with particular groups of Christians that God has stepped into in a time and place for a season begun to give a fullness of the Spirit, a greater array of the gifts, just a richness of life and His presence that, oh, if you've tasted it, it's there is nothing like being in a whole group of people over a span of time where God simply saturates our every waking moment with, with Him. That year started out quietly enough. I was in junior high and was going to a week-long series of meetings that was really for the whole network of churches that my church growing up in was part of. And we'd go out to basically kind of a fairgrounds area with a bunch of tents and campers and everything. And a bunch, like literally several thousands of people would hang out there for the week and go to meetings. And the kids' meetings were all right in years past. I mean, they were generally entertaining enough. And if they weren't entertaining, you'd find some friends and sit in the back and talk. But this year, as a junior hire, I, that first afternoon meeting, I met some folks who wanted to sit closer up toward the front. And okay, fine, you know, I'm a junior hire. I'm into it if people are into me. And so we sat up toward the front and found in that meeting, not just because we were up in the front, we and others there found God. There was an encounter there. There was a sense of presence there that we had not experienced before. And it wasn't just the half dozen of us. It was lots of other kids that summer. Instead of the normal pattern where, as you found your friends, you sat to the back so you could talk and ignore the speaker up front. This year, by the time we were halfway, three quarters done with the week, the entire front and middle of this really rather large meeting area was packed in with kids who could not get enough. Midweek, we actually asked the speaker if he would meet with us for an early morning prayer meeting at seven in the morning. And I couldn't tell you specifically what we prayed for, but again, there was a sense of tangible divine presence as we walked into that space to meet with each other and with God that morning. And it wasn't just that week. For the weeks and months afterwards, I connected with one of the many groups that grew up out of that summer. A group of Christians who continued to meet week by week and do life together. Uh, mostly some of us high school students who didn't know what we were doing, but some adults who were with us to, to guide us and who had also experienced something of the Holy Spirit that summer and previously. 
And for about a year and a half, as that group continued to meet, I experienced something of the reality of God in prayer and the reality of Christian community, new family, not based in blood, a remaking of myself and us together that was without doubt a divine and supernatural work of the Spirit. And in the years since, I've experienced this in two other times, where in a particular group of people for a season, the ordinary work of God intensifies and lives are remade as the group is brought together. And the fruit lasts. Jesus' words in John 15, that if we rest in him, we abide in him, we live and dwell in him, as the true vine, that the fruit that we bear would last. That's what the Father, our good and loving Father, wants for us. That comes true. I know it because I've seen it and experienced it in my own life. And does not the world around us so deeply need renewal? deep, transforming life brought back into it? Friends, this promise of the Holy Spirit given to all, given to rich and poor, upper class and those who are ignored, given to men and women, given to old, given to young, dreams and visions, life eternal, bursting out, flowing out of us, as Jesus put it in the Gospel of John, that is on offer to us today. Just because we haven't seen a full-blown region-wide revival in Seattle doesn't mean God couldn't bring that. Again and again in history, Renewal on the small scale and revival on the global scale has tended to begin in the same way. That God gets hold of a person or more typically a few people, but sometimes it's just one who begins to pray, to cry out for God, to come and remake our ruined world, to come and heal what is broken, to forgive the deep, deep sin that all of us commit. And I might add, it begins when we as God's people take more responsibility for our sin than we do finger pointing at anyone else. We acquire, we are given by the gift of God's Spirit, a deep sense of the ways that we have done wrong, that we have grieved God's Spirit and chosen intentionally to live without the power that God would give to his children for our joy and the good of the world around us. And it starts with a few who pray repentantly, who claim the promises in God's word, who invest themselves, or maybe even better, let themselves be invested in by God Almighty for His purposes. 
who hold God to his promises. And then God, in sheer grace, begins to work. Now, ordinarily, God answers those prayers through relatively small, quiet, relatively unnoticed by the world around us kinds of things. It's true. Most of the time, that's, that's what he does. And God be praised, most of the time, that is what we need. And if that's what he gives, that's amazing. Because friends, what we need is God himself. If God brings revival, then that's what we need to demonstrate to our own hearts and to the watching world the utter sovereignty and power of God. And if God brings simply the renewal of my heart and yours, then God be praised. That's what we need. But let's not restrict our prayers to what we think is possible. Let's let our hopes of what God can do be utterly unlimited because we're crying out and asking to, pleading with an omnipotent God who is omnipotent in his power and maybe even more importantly, whatever the omni word would be with his love, he's omni loving. His grace and his redemption knows no restrictions save this, that we simply open our hearts to him and say, yes, Lord, do with me what you want to do. The revival in Wales in the early 1900s really began with one teenage girl who at a meeting came forward to simply surrender her life to God's service. One teenage girl and the rest of the world was impacted as the revival spread from Wales throughout Britain, throughout the rest of the English-speaking world, including Azusa Street in Los Angeles, the beginning of the global Pentecostal movement that is now the second largest behind the Roman Catholic Church. That revival spread into India, spearheaded in that place by another group of teenage girls whom God used to reach thousands of others throughout the nation. A revival began at that same time in Korea, hearing about what was going on in Wales and praying that God would renew them. Deep repentance, deep investment in scripture and applying it, deep commitment to praying for God's work in a way that reverberates even today, that held the Korean church throughout its persecution by the Japanese colonial government through the horrors of the Korean War, and still today, Korea is the second largest sending country of missionaries behind the United States. Revival and renewal bore long-lasting fruits, beginning from one or maybe several people who simply said, God, I want you. Take me, use me, be near me, have me. Friends, if there's ever a year that it should be crystal clear to us that we need Jesus and his Holy Spirit, shouldn't it be this year? I mean, 2020. If this doesn't bring us to our knees in repentance for what we, the church, have done and, and not done, 
what else does God have to do? Friends, will you join me in committing to taking our next steps towards him? Our next step to open ourselves up to God's work in us. That we'd have not just some abstract work or, or some things happen, but that we would have him and that he who would do what he wants to do in and through us. So let's, let's attend to our prayers. Let's take our next steps into his word so that he can speak his love and his renewal and his forgiveness into us. And then friends, let's see what he will do. And whatever it is he does, it's going to be good. Amen.